We've all heard the saying, learn to love the process. But why learn to love something? Why not create a process that is easy to love? Welcome to Peace with the Process, where I bring you professionals who specialize in the processes we incorporate to sustain consistent, healthy growth. I believe in learning from others' mistakes and successes. So I also bring on entrepreneurs who have been in the trenches and tell us how they got there and how they got out. I hope you find something in today's episode that you can apply to your own life and that you find your peace with the process along the way. Let's get started. Hey everyone and welcome to Peace with the Process. This is your host, Blake Gann, and today I want to thank everybody for their support. We're about a month and a half into this thing, and the report, the support I've received has been amazing. Uh, the progress that I've made has been amazing, and I just want to thank everybody. And part of the way that I want to thank you guys is to just kind of show you where that support has gone so far. You know, start and give you guys some statistics. You know, that we can start uh, rolling around from time to time, so you guys can see how far I've come and how far your support uh, has helped me to go. So. Let's just go ahead and jump right into it. Obviously, a majority of my listeners are coming from the United States, but I want to share with you guys, we've now got listeners from the United Kingdom, Singapore, Australia, Canada, Italy, Russia, Germany, and Puerto Rico. So that's really cool. You know, Peace With The Process is now becoming worldwide. I'm very excited about that. Another thing is we've got some reviews that have gone up, and I would definitely want to give a shout out to some of the people who have given me and written me reviews on the show. It is very much appreciated. These reviews go a long way to helping the show get out there. It's part of the reason we've got listeners in other countries of the world um, and that a guy like myself, small town guy, uh, can be heard from around the world. So I want to read off a couple of these for you. So right here we've got Dakota Monroe. This podcast has really helped me grasp that every person's journey looks different and requires different levels of grit from each individual. Some of the guests fell into their peace with the process, while other guests stepped into their peace with the process. But one common denominator was that every guest wasn't just letting life happen, but rather making life happen. They all started somewhere with a goal in mind, and now are walking in their peace with the process. I would recommend this podcast to anyone looking to improve their lifestyle, whether you're already walking the walk or want to quit with just the talk. This podcast will challenge you. Thanks a lot, Dakota, man. I really appreciate your review on there. And then I've got another one here from Asa Pelt. It says, every time I tune into this podcast, I find something I can apply to my own life. Blake does a great job finding great guests and bring out the best in them to provide useful info. Thanks, Asa. I really appreciate that one. And then I've got here, this one's from my own beautiful wife, actually. So she's on there as Shelby coming around the mountain. She's, uh, she's witty, isn't she? So here she says, 10 out of 10 recommend this podcast if you're an entrepreneur looking to get your business off the ground. He interviews men and women who once struggled and how they've pushed through to get where they are today. This podcast gives you the tools you need to make your dreams come true. Thank you, babe. I appreciate that. I want to say I'm super thankful for friends and family that have supported me and left some of these reviews as well while we're starting off teeny tiny small, but we're on our way to big things the facebook page as of right now so that's peace with the process on facebook the page now has 158 likes very nice 
And then we've also got the Facebook group. So this one, I don't want anyone to be shocked. I've got two members in the Facebook group. So I'm being very selective with those who apply to the Facebook group. Um, you know, if you don't fill out the questions, chances are I'll send you a quick message to ask you to fill those out. And then based on those questions will be determined whether or not, uh, you know, you get into that Facebook group. I've told you guys before, I don't want to admit anyone into this group simply to sit back and observe uh, or anyone who is, you know, just wanting to watch while other people make moves and make things happen in their life. Uh, I want movers, shakers, you know, change makers that are going to be on this on this Facebook group, people who are willing to contribute. So you're not going to see a lot of activity in that group starting off until we get a good solid foundation of a few members. I think I'm shooting for a goal of 15 members in that Facebook group before we start having some real deep discussions. I want to have plenty of people in there so we can toss around different ideas and different perspectives. So those are your statistics. For a month and a half in with Peace With The Process, I'm super excited with how far we've come, um, you know, globally, around the world. I've got listeners. i got a lot of people who liked the page and showed their support. You know, a few people who are willing to jump in and stick their nose to the grindstone to uh, put in some work uh, as far as being connected to that Facebook group and uh, to my lovely friends and family who left some reviews. Guys, I want to thank you all so much for your support. So I want to go ahead and get into another awesome episode. Today we have Tony Gonzalez. He is a photographer, so he was working a job and then one day re-realized his passion for photography. Him and his wife went on a trip, and he picked that uh, camera back up, decided to take some pictures while he was out there, and fell back in love with that hobby and was able to actually take some of that knowledge, apply it to the job that he was currently working, and then do a couple jobs here and there until he started rolling and is now doing his photography business full time. Obviously, it's not as simply stated as that, but I'll let Tony dive into the details of his journey. And I just want to say that Tony has played um, a very important role in the entrepreneur society by choosing to be genuinely himself. He shows that in his podcast. If you get a chance to check out any of his videos on YouTube, definitely do that. You can see he is not afraid to let his personality show through, and I think that's what really attracts his customers to him and the people who you know, like to follow his journey. It's all about being genuine. So I really appreciate Tony bringing his genuineness, I don't even know if that's a word, to the show today. And without further ado, I'll go ahead and let you guys talk to him. Here's Tony. So Tony, it's great to have you on the show today. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about uh, what it is you do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for uh, bringing me on board and for reaching out. I'm happy to be a part of this. Uh, so for me, I'm a photographer and a videographer. I started doing that actually way back when I was a kid, just something fun. I just like doing on the side. I mean, you know how it is. You know, you're a kid, you're hanging out with your cousins, and you all start taking pictures, just doing stupid music videos and making home movies. And it was just something fun that I liked doing. And it just was always a passion in the back of my mind. And I thought eventually I'd get to it. And I am now actually doing it. Very nice. Very cool. So it's been something you were passionate about as a kid and, and, and grew up as a hobby. And then you said you kind of you turned it into your career. What was that? What was that turning point? When did you make that decision that, you know what, this is what I really need to put my effort into? You know, that was a it was a big jump for me because, you know, 
growing up, you know, you're told certain things like, oh, you're never going to make a career with that. You're not going to make money that way. You know, focus on, you know, the easy path. Go to college, you know, get a job, get a house, you know, follow the path, right? Well, it was finally actually three years ago. My wife, uh, she blessed me with a, a trip to Iceland. It was for my birthday. And she was like, you know, we've always said we wanted to go. Let's do it. And I was like, okay, cool. And from there, as soon as she told me that, I was like, there's no way I'm going to Iceland and not going to get some sort of like good video, good photos. I mean, this is something I'm going to want to remember. So that's when that passion started to come back. And I was like, okay, I want to get some good photos, but I didn't want to like just blow cash on a really expensive professional camera. Right. And so I did some research and uh, I found a company called Moment and make little lenses that attach to your phone with a case. And I actually still use them to this day. I still have their cases. I love them. And it just, it brought me back to that time where I was like, man, I, I love taking photos. I love taking videos. And then I came back home. I'm like, there's no way I'm just going to let this go. There's no way I'm just going to not pursue this because there's something here because it came so naturally. It was fun. I enjoyed doing it. When I got back, I made some little videos from it. It was, it was nice. And the fact that it came naturally to me, I was like, I'm not going to let this just go. I, I need to pursue this and stop just putting it on the back burner. Right. That's amazing. That's very cool. A trip to Iceland is what created that yeah. earth and, and, and reemerged it into you. So that's really, that's really cool. Oh yeah. It's a beautiful place. Beautiful place. Great food. Nice. Yeah. The food out there is really good. <laughs> surprisingly, yeah. you know, you would think, you know, Iceland, what's over there? Well, it's the island, you know, got a whole bunch of good land, but surprisingly the pastries, are delicious and i wouldn't even think about that but it's because of like their butter and the type of milk that they're not milk, excuse me the type of water that they have it's all 100 percent natural and everything's just fresh like walking outside is like the freshest air i've ever smelled the water is the, the freshest water i've ever drank it was just just amazing <laughs> nice very cool i'll have to try that one day if i ever get a chance to take a trip out to iceland so Definitely. You know, you, you took you took that trip and then you decided, okay, this is this is what I'm gonna do. This is what I'm gonna start devoting my time for. What did that look like in your eyes at mm -hmm. that time? You know, what were what were some of the things you were saying you had pictured in your mind? This is what it's gonna look like for me, and that's what I'm gonna shoot for. So for me, like once I got back and I said, Okay, this is something I wanna do, right? I, I didn't want to just like say, oh, okay, let me, let me do this gig for you. Let me do this. I wanted to, if I got a job and landed a client, I wouldn't know that my skills were there, right? So the most important thing for me next was like, I want to get educated. I don't like being the type of guy saying, oh yeah, I know everything because as soon as you say that, there's someone else that's out there that already knows way more than you, right? There's always an opportunity to learn. And so that's what I started off doing. I found some courses. I, you know, invested in myself and took the time to go to those classes and set time on my days off when I was working my nine to five to study and then just put it into practice after that. And then from there, I would go out on the weekends, just, you know, walking around, going hiking with some friends or even just going out to the bar and just like learning how to take pictures there. It's, it's just like working with what you're working with, what's available to you to just really hone your skills. And then once I was ready, I was like, okay, cool. Let's actually, invest in myself now and buy some gear and then i bought my first camera my first lens and my best friend was luckily like very trusting in me and said okay i want you to film my wedding and i was like all right let's do it and that's how i got started she gave me that jump start and once i filmed it i loved it and it was amazing very cool um so you talked about you know kind of getting into it but did you have anything that was sustaining you before you really went 
full on with photography? Did you have another job that was that was keeping you paid while you were pursuing it? Yes. So I was still working a, a current job um, with the company and I worked corporate and surprisingly, they actually helped me as well, because uh, what ended up happening was we were working on a project and we needed to do a video for it. Right. And the person had created the video, but we got to the point where they couldn't do all the editing. And I was like, hey, why don't I give it a shot? And, you know, just let's see what I can do. And I edited the video for him. It was all internal communication videos. So for people who are working on a project and they're trying to pitch it to other people and say, this is what we're trying to do. We need funding for XYZ. We need this amount of people for blah, blah, blah. Once I was able to do those videos, they were like, okay, this is something we actually want you to start doing as a role. And I actually evolved a little bit more into a career too. And I still work with them anytime they need an additional vendor to go film like a, uh, what's the word, for a conference. If they have a conference going on, if they need a photographer or videographer, they usually hit me up because they know me and they're like, hey, we loved your work before, come on back. And so that was nice to kind of get that experience and really take what I learned from that to implement it to what I'm doing now. Right, right. So what is it that you're doing now? So, you know, kind of describing what is your, your main niche in the photography industry? It's really, it's gone, it's really gone all over the place. So photography and videography I've done for both like uh, promotional videos for people and, and modeling gigs. I'd actually just did one, what was it, uh, last weekend with a model who was, issuing, uh, excuse me, who was making a video for Sports Illustrator. Uh, she wanted to sit it in for their uh, swimsuit search. And so we made that video uh, the weekend before that. I did a wedding. Uh, the week before that, I did uh, a video for a guy who was making his college announcement. He got uh, accepted to a college for a scholarship for football. And so he wanted to do that. And I was like, okay, cool. So it's, it ranges from all over the place. I wouldn't say I have one specific niche because I still want to find out what I'm the best at and then hone on to that until I get to that point where I say, okay, this is only what I really want to do. I'm, I'm willing to take anything because I want that experience and I still want to grow. Right. Absolutely. Well, that makes sense. You know, taking what you can get to get yourself, uh, to get yourself especially in a time right now with COVID and you're not, you know, guaranteed of what's going to, you know, stay on the books of what's scheduled, you know, something could change. I have one wedding that we had a split into two different weekends. That's actually uh, in two months from now that we're doing the ceremony one day and then the reception is going to be later on because that was just what the venue had to work with. So. Right. So, well, I guess that's really kind of a good thing with photography is that you can open yourself up to so many different fields. You don't have to be restricted exactly. to one thing. Right. That's really cool. So you talked exactly. about Iceland being the thing that your trip to Iceland being the thing that really brought it back out into you. So would you say that the scenic photography or, or something along those lines is something that, that you have that deep passion about, or is there something else that really draws you that you really get that flame for when you're shooting? I think what draws me to it is the story and you know, it, it's, it's cheesy to say, you know, but it's the moment that you capture when you take a photo that I have of my wife. We're on a, this was a whale watching boat and all it is, is just her eyes, a little bit of her hair and her jacket covering her face. That's all you see. But when I look at that image, I remember how cold it was. I remember how, you know, the wind was just like blowing all the water into our faces and we were just trying to huddle up to stay warm just to find some whales. And when I take a picture, it's always like bringing you back to that moment. And so that's what I like to give to other people, you know, to share those moments, to share those times. 
it's a time stamp that you're always going to have. And when you look at it, it's going to bring back more than just a memory. You're going to remember how you felt at that time. It was cold. It, it smelled a certain way. I mean, there's so much that you can capture in that that can just bring back that nice memory and a feeling inside you that that's what got me going. Very cool. That's really nice. You know, the story behind the picture. Uh, that's what I always think of when I think of photography. You know, you're seeing a story through somebody's lens and the way that they took the picture, right. the way that they lined it up, what they decided to make the center and what they decided to keep in the frame. It, you know, that tells mm -hmm. the story that they're that that photographer wanted to tell. Um, and it's different every, exactly. every time. I, I, I've interviewed a few photographers and they've they one one person told me that you could bring five people to shoot a scene and you'll get five different perspectives. You know, even if they're standing Absolutely. in the same place, looking at the same thing, the way they line mm -hmm. up and all of that, you'll get five different perspectives. So I've always thought that to be, yeah. it keeps the uniqueness in the photography industry. Yeah, it's very, everybody's creativity and they're all, their passion that they put behind the photography and what they get out of it is, it's, it's all different. No two photos are gonna be the same, even, after like editing styles. I mean, for me, I usually don't like to do a lot of Photoshop, but just manipulating some colors to get certain tones and certain feelings. And that's going to be different from my style to another style. And I think it's really cool. Right. So what were some of the, the struggles that you had really getting started and, and getting your name out there to start bringing in some business? I think the first biggest struggle was myself. You know, you're always going to be your biggest enemy in that point. It was, just that doubt in the back of your mind, you know, that just kind of sits there like, can you really do this? I mean, is, is it worth it? Do I want to just put everything on the line and invest in myself and do this? I mean, what are the consequences? All that doubt kicks in. And once you get past that and say, okay, let's just develop a plan, set some goals and just, you know, baby steps, accomplish those little things. Okay, get one gig. Okay, get two gigs, you know, do some social media ads, little things like that and just slowly building up. And then once I saw, okay, you know, people like my work, we're getting some traction. And so I just continued to do it and just got that mentality of myself saying, you can't do it out of the way. And then learning more about my style and what it was that was drawing people to me and then honed in on that. And from there, it, it started to take off. Very cool. So, you know, being able to look back at some of the first shoots that you did and looking now to where you're at today, is there anything that uh, that you can see that you've improved on, or what would you say are some areas that you've you've really improved when you look at look back at some of your first shoots? No, for sure. And uh, what I'm I'm a hundred percent believer too of leaving all of my old work online. Like even if you look at my old YouTube stuff and my old Instagram photos, I like doing that because one, it's a reminder to me to be humble because there was a time where my photos were garbage, <laughs> you know. And then to where now it, you can see that progression of it was just some random photo of something that I thought was really cool to where now there's a little bit of a purpose behind it, you know? And so one thing that I've noticed is like now some of those home videos I did for YouTube, they were a little bit shaky. The, the lighting wasn't right. They were out of focus, little things like that. I started to like pick up on and just take those additional classes and learning and even find yourself on YouTube and you know, that free education there, just self-education was everything that just helped me. And now I can tell like, Oh man, my, my, what is it? Look at my, what's what I'm thinking of. Um, my man, I can't even think of the word right now. What am I saying? Like the framing of the photo looks great. The composition, the lighting, and you start thinking about leading lines and all this other stuff that you just 
take for granted as a photographer that just now comes naturally. Whereas before, I'm like, oh, take a look at this, take a look at my exposure, take a look at my lighting, what's my aperture? Now it's just a natural instinct that when I'm looking through my lens, I just dial everything in on my camera immediately because I know what I want to capture. Wow, that's great. That's that's quite a transformation. And I'm a firm believer of starting with what you've got. You know, go ahead and getting yourself oh, yeah. out there and no matter no matter how rough around the edges your work is, but getting mm -hmm. it out there and getting it started because that's how you find out what you need to improve on. I think a lot of times we are our our worst critic, you know, of ourselves. Oh yeah. And uh, so, I mean, there's, to me, there's no better way to learn than to just get started and, and to hear that you, you did that to get to where you are today is, you know, it's, it's reassuring. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And it's so, funny that you mentioned that too, as far as like using stuff to using whatever you have just to get started. One of the, one of the corporate videos that I did and they didn't know this, they were just saying, hey, we just need a quick gig, just shot real quick, go out there for a couple of hours, film this, and give us a, some recap videos, some B-roll. I'm like, okay. I didn't have any gear at that time. At that moment, I was actually borrowing stuff from another guy that worked with me at the same company, and he wasn't available. He's like, hey, I'm using it. So I shot everything on my iPhone. And so I went out there with that little lens attachment that I was telling you about that I got from my and I was like, okay, just be cool. You got this. Just like telling myself we can do this, but I did everything on my iPhone and I sent it in and they were like, Oh my God, this is amazing. How does it look so good? What did you, what did you do? What did you use? I'm like, Oh, you just, just made it out some gear, you know, that's fine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so did it all on your phone, man. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really did it all on the phone. Yeah. With, with whatever you've got in your hands, man. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, talking about making that transition, uh, how is, kind of the work-life balance with all of that. So doing photography um, and remind me again, at a time you had a full, you had another full-time job. Do you still have that full-time job now? Yes. So I still do that one because what I've learned that I can do is work for them as a vendor now, instead of just working for them as an employee. So now I really provide a lot of their internal communication videos. I haven't done any like ads that you'll see on TV, but a lot, like I was telling you earlier, a lot of stuff working for projects and they want a video to summarize what they're working on or doing some head interviews or doing some animations. That is what I do now for them. Right. So you've, you've ultimately you became your own entity and then Basically, signed on with yeah. them under that. Right. Basically. Yeah. Because what they realized too was, you know, we're, we're trying to outsource so many things, right? We're trying to pay this person to do this. We're trying to pay this person to do this. Tony's here. He's on our team. He knows what we're looking for. He knows the style we want. He knows the clients already. So he has that relationship. Let's just give it all to him. And I said, by all means, <laughs> go ahead let's do it. And so that's where it kind of just turned to a, a new role for me, a new job. And I was like, that's, that's perfectly fine. Because then in turn, it, it was a win-win. They were able to save costs instead of having to go to different vendors and just go solely to me. And then me, I got the experience and some cash out of it. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. It sounds like you really had a nice situation uh, to, to be able to blend that in, what, you're, what you were truly passionate Absolutely, about. Absolutely, definitely blessed. Yeah, with what you had. That's amazing. So I, mm -hmm. I, the question I was asking before is kind of with that and then doing some of your other shoots on the side, how has that work-life balance been for you? It was definitely rough at first because you, when you're first starting out, you don't really know what to expect, right? You really don't know what's going to work for you as far as like it, like I was saying, is this going to be something that's going to be maintainable? Is, is this going to be a company that I can actually start and grow? And so at first it was a bit of a struggle because I had to find out what worked for me, what worked for my family. And then also 
just me mentally, you know, you don't want to get that burnout because then you lose that passion. You, you right. lose that desire to create something, you know? And so at first it was really difficult, but then once I got past that hump and just actually learned, okay, at this time, let's set three hours to work on the day job stuff. Let's set one hour to make some phone calls. Let's set two hours, you know, have some lunch, have some dinner with my wife. Let's catch up on some Netflix shows or something like that. And then towards the end of the bed, excuse me, end of the day before I go to bed, you know, catch up on the emails, make my to-do list of what I need to do tomorrow. And then from there, just continue to evolve. And I would say I don't have it perfected because I don't think I will ever get it perfected because things are always changing. Something new is always happening. Another project will come along that was bigger than the last. And then another one might come along and it's smaller. And then like nowadays with the world of COVID, there's a lot of uncertainty that's going on. So you have to figure that out in your plan. So I think the best thing you can do is get comfortable with uncertainty, get, get comfortable with getting, getting comfortable with unknown, basically. Because once you understand that something new is always going to come up and you're going to be able to anticipate it better, you'll be able to adapt better and just make that schedule a lot easier for yourself. Tony, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I'm so happy to hear you say, you know, that, that it'll never be perfect. And, you know, I, I work with a lot of people with routines and stuff like that. So understanding that it's always, you're always adapting that routine because things are always changing and you're always changing. Absolutely. And one of my favorite sayings yeah. is that if you're not growing, you're dying. And that's a very good, that's a very good indicator. You know, if your routine has stayed Absolutely. the same for, for too long, uh, then you're not, you're probably not growing anymore. You know, figuring out. Absolutely. Yeah. How to make you kept yourself at that point, basically. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Um, mm -hmm. So, so let's, let's talk about, you know, that, that first client, how did you land that very first client? Actually, I think you mentioned it was a friend of yours for a wedding. So then how did it turn into doing that for your friend to finding the second client? From there, after I did that, it became a lot about the word of mouth and networking. You know, after I made that first video, I really put a lot of heart into it. I was like, I knew this was gonna be a statement of my work, right? So it was my first video ever. It was the first time people were gonna know who Tony is, what his work is like. So I had to make sure it was at least up to par, up to a good standard that people would say, hey, this guy has some good work, let's reach out to him. And so after I did that, of course, the first thing you do after you have your wedding, you get your wedding video, you're going to post it, you're going to share it to social media. And then people loved it. And then from there, she had other friends saying, hey, I have a graduation coming up. I just need some photos done. Is he available? Sure thing. Let's go from there. So more clients started coming from the word of mouth. And then not only that, but from the wedding coordinator and the other photographer that was there that day. I, before I left, I wanted to make sure that I had a good standing relationship with them introduced myself, was polite to them the entire time, and also assisting the photographer too, because the last thing you want is to end up in their shot and for them to end up in your shot, right? And so we were communicating back and forth. I was like, hey, what do you need? Cool, I'll get on this side. Hey, there's a better angle over here. The lighting is better over here. So working together. After that, she was like, you're the best videographer I've ever worked with before. So if, if there's anything that ever comes up, let me know and I'll let you know. I said, okay. And I actually just got on the phone with her this morning, that same photographer. We still network. She's working a wedding for me in December, and I'm working a wedding for her in November. And so bouncing off information that way. 
the wedding coordinator, built an amazing relationship with her. We're doing a style shoot, uh, actually next, next month on the 24th, looking on our calendar is when we have a style shoot uh, at a new venue that's popping up for weddings. And they just wanted some styles of what type of weddings you can have. There. So they're bringing catering, they're bringing some models, things like that. And just to give people an image of what they can do in that space. And they said, hey, if you know anybody who's great at doing this stuff, bring them on board. And that was the first person she thought of because we had that good standing relationship. That's fantastic. So it's just, it's literally just been hopping from each event to each event and speaking with the people there. And then the word just spreads from there. Absolutely. You know, one, even growing up, what, one thing I've learned, working retail, it's just the same type of concept. Those customers, you want to treat them like they're your grandma. You know, you don't want to be rude. You don't want to be disrespectful. You want to help them out as much as possible. And that's what I learned from that going up from my high school jobs into the work that I do now, pretty much anywhere that I go. That person, old, young, I'm going to give them the same respect as I give my grandma. You know, I'm going to be nice, I'm going to be polite. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that I leave with a good impression, right? And that's just has gone through all of my work. And it's just led to more jobs from there because they know, hey, Tony's he's a good guy. He's going to work with you. He's going to talk with you. He's going to be open. Bringing that personality to your work is what's really going to sell itself because at the end of the day, that's really what you're doing, right? You're selling your own work. You're selling your personality because if you're, for lack of a better word, an a-hole, you know, no one's going to want to work with you. You know, if you're rude and you're not polite, you're not, you know, working with other people, no one's going to want to refer you. Yeah, I mean, you actually just kind of uh... – landed my next question there, which was kind of how you attract clients now and, and how you uh, how you communicate with your clients whenever you're doing that. So to have to bring that genuine personality to each client, your genuine personality, I think is actually, uh, you know, one of the greatest things you can do when working with clients. I've actually watched uh, a few of your YouTube videos. And that was one of the first thing I noticed was you're not afraid to let that personality really come out. You know, it's just you're just being you. You're not you're not reserved whatsoever. So I think, yeah, definitely a lot of people can learn to relax and let themselves be themselves when they're dealing with clients. That's going to be the best advice I've given a lot of people too. like when they're trying to do this, uh, you know, games, photography, videography, or even like a day-to-day -day job, they're like, Hey, I'm trying to get a promotion. You know, what do I need to do this and that? I mean, it's, it's all about your personality. I mean, people want someone they know they can have a good time with, you know, because even if it is a nine to five job, you're going to be living at that nine to five job, right? If you're in your office, that's your second family. You don't want to be the awkward cousin that no one wants to hang out with. You know, you want to be that cousin that, Oh man, this is a fun guy. He comes over every time we have a great time. You want to be that guy. All right. Uh, so bringing that personality, bringing your authentic self to every job, everything that you do with other people, well, that's really what's going to keep you in back of people's minds saying, Oh yeah, that's, that's cool guy. We got to reach out to him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's definitely one of your staples. And I think that's, uh, I think that really works well for you. And it can definitely work well for others. So I'll, I'll kind of go ahead and transition into another question as well. What would you tell people that are getting into the business of being a photographer and, and they're looking for some advice? What would you give them? I think the biggest piece of advice is to forget about the gear. You know, forget about like, oh, I need to have this camera. I need to have this light. I need to have this microphone, this lens, you know, forget about the gear. The gear will come as your skills, as your jobs land, as you move up as a professional. You know, like I was telling you earlier, one of the videos I did was on my iPhone. That's how I got started. Some of my first videos on my YouTube channel are on my iPhone. Some of my first photos on my Instagram were on my iPhone. There's a 
professional that I follow on Instagram where her entire library is nothing but pictures from her iPhone. And they're beautiful. They're amazing. They sell, they speak to you. I mean, they're great work because what comes down to it, it's, it's your skill. It's your personality. It's what you put into a photo. It's the work that you put into a video that's going to actually get people's attention. No one's going to care if you have a, you know, million dollar camera. If you don't know what to do with it, right. it's not going to matter. I've seen people who started off and like, oh man, I just bought this. I don't just bought this. Okay, cool. Um, put it at this setting, turn up your ISO here, lower aperture this. I'm like, how do I do that? What does that mean? You know, <laughs> like, okay, I'll help you. I'll get you there. But yeah. understanding the basics first and understanding just that you don't need expensive gear to make quality work. It's, it's you that's going to make the work. It's your creativity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can resonate with that because we're, I'm filming this podcast right now on my iPhone. So I, I completely understand that, you know, you do with what you, you got. Go. You deal with what you've got until you are able to get what you really want. So I can yeah. definitely relate. My to that. first YouTube video, man, was on my iPhone. I used the box as a tripod and I used what, uh, it was one of the like garage lights, you know, handheld light that I just had hanging on a hanger for lighting. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, Tony, for sake of time, I know we're kind of getting toward the end here, but, you know, you explained the things you were working out and you were working with when you first got started, you know, telling, telling these guys, don't worry about what you've got. So what are you working with today? Give us a little insight on, on, on how, you've, how you've grown since then. So now, so I actually do two things. Uh, luckily, since I still work with that other company as a vendor, I'm able to use some of their gear. So I do have a few gears that I'm able to rent you know, out to them which is like a Canon C300 and a few of their lenses and a few of their lighting. Typically uh, what I use is Aperture. That's actually what I have on right here. Uh, right now I have an Aperture 120D Mark II. The camera I use is a Canon uh, R lens, uh, is a EF-L series. F2.8 is the one that's on here now. But yeah, I have a whole bunch of, I have a trendy set, which is basically I have a focal length from 16 millimeter all the way up to 200 millimeter. I have a few Rode microphones. I have one, two, three C stands. I mean, it, it all just adds up from there. I have a few gimbals. I mean, there's a lot of stuff on the shelf that I use, four backpacks, a hard case. I mean, I can go on and on, but it's, it's all gear that is just accumulated over time because it's wow. stuff that I needed at that time. And I, I've grown as a professional, and that's when I got to the point where I said, okay, I need this light for this video shoot. I need this backdrop because someone wants this type of style of photo. And so that's why I said don't worry about the gear because when you get to that point and you need that gear, you'll be able to get it because you've filled up that clientele. You've filled up that skill that you have to where now it's a need. It's no longer just a want. It's something that you need to continue to grow Absolutely. I think that can be applied to so many different careers. Um, that's, that's really solid advice. Don't go broke yeah. trying to get started. You know, I think that's, oh, yeah. that's really great. Um, so yeah, and that's why I told question, one of my friends Tony. too, like if you, oh, I'm sorry, I was just going to say, man, last question here before we close out, uh, I wanted to ask you where, where do you see yourself, you know, in the next, in the future? So what do you, what do you kind of have planned for your next step in your career? Next up, well, let's see. Short-term goal is to have a more stable clientele as far as uh, having more jobs every month. So right now I have maybe about five to six jobs. I want to bump that up to maybe like 10 to 12, right? 
And then from there, uh, after that, I'd probably say my next goal would actually be bring someone on, hire an actual photographer or an additional editor, just take on that workload. Five-year goal for me, I would love to have my own studio. That's the long-term goal that I really am aiming for is to have my own space to where if I need a certain set, if I need to set up for a certain type of shoot, cool, let's just go to that back room, change out a few things, we're ready to go. Just to have my own space to say, you know what, I started from working in my living room to having my own studio. That's where I want to end up. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I can't wait. I, I hope we're actually able to connect at some point later on down the road and we can take a look at how you've come so far when we get there. I'm really looking forward to that. But Tony, I do want to absolutely thank you for coming on the show today. Uh, for people, for listeners that like what you do, they want to follow you on your journey and they, they want to keep in touch with you, where can they find you? Yeah, so on Instagram, you actually find me at, uh, at why not Tony underscore media. And then on Facebook, if you can find me at, uh, at why not Tony media, it's a little play on word there. It's just my name backwards. So why not Tony media? There you go. That works. Well, I, yeah, for all the listeners, I'll put that in the comments or in the, uh, the post description for you guys to check out so you can follow Tony on his journey. Uh, man, again, it's great to have you on the show and I hope to see you doing big Appreciate things. It, man. It's been fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, take care, Tony. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Peace with the Process. I have to overpronunciate my title because I get tongue-tied consistently trying to do these intros and outros, Peace with the Process. I always catch myself, Peace with the Prod, prod, prod and I get tongue-tied. So I have to do these intros and outros several times. <laughs> but I want to thank you guys for uh, joining us again. Again, thank you guys so much for all of your support. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Tony. Um, he's a really genuine guy who uh, genuinely enjoys what he does and is not afraid to put in the work to uh, turn it into a lifestyle for himself. I'm very excited to see where he takes his career and where he ends up. A little project of mine is I want to take some of the guests that I have on the show. As you guys know, I take those who are creating the lifestyle and who have turned those hobbies into careers for themselves. And then I've also got the uh, individuals who specialize in the processes. So we had uh, people like Elizabeth Saunders who did the time management. Um, you know, we've got uh, Melissa Cara, you know, who talks about the uh, business strategy and the mindset behind things. Uh, we've got a few others on there as well. I know I've got a few in the pipeline of some of those individuals who specialize in the processes. But then we have individuals like Tony who, uh, you know, their whole deal is they're, they're who a lot of us aspire to be, which is individuals who take something we are passionate about and we want to turn that into a career for us, a lifestyle for us, because nobody wants to work a job that we don't like doing to make money to do the things we do like doing. You know, everyone would love to merge the two together, and it is absolutely possible. I have plenty of people that have been on the show already and who I have coming up on the show that can be, uh, you know, a testimony to that. So it's definitely possible. Don't ever think that it's not, uh, especially in today's age. Uh, there is, there's almost nothing that, uh, that isn't possible to convert into a career, into something that can make you money and that can be what you do, where a job no longer feels like a job. So my little project that I want to do is that I want to take some of those individuals who have turned their hobbies into careers and have created those lifestyles for themselves, and I want to come back in a year, two years or so, check in on some of these 
guys and girls that I've had on the show and see how far they've come. I want to check back in with them and see how their process has gone, how their journey has been, and how much success, uh, and you know, and some of the failures that they may have encountered between their first appearance on the show and the next one that we have them on. So I'm very much so looking forward to having Tony back on in the next year or two to see how far he has come in his journey. Tony, keep doing what you're doing, man. I really appreciate it. And everybody else, I want to thank you again so much for showing all of your love and support. Please give a rating and review. I will give you guys a shout out on the next episode as I get those in. And I love to see those. I want to thank you guys so much for doing that. It is extremely helpful for getting this show out there to other like-minded individuals, people who are seeking the lifestyle to create something that merges their passion and their income together. Uh, It is certainly possible. So if you get a chance, check out the Facebook page as well and like the Facebook page. Anytime you see a post thrown up there, go ahead and hit the share button. We need more people hearing these conversations, understanding that doing this transition from hobby to lifestyle is absolutely possible. Uh, It's all about implementing some of these processes that you hear about these guys talking uh, that they implemented themselves and then some of those uh, specialists who talk about ways that you can maximize some of those processes you know uh, chew up the meat spit out the bones what works for you analyze how each one works for you um, and you know let me know how it's going check in with me on the Facebook group uh, go in there and check that out let me know what you guys have thought about each episode and let's get into some discussions about what's been working for you what's not been working for you and so on I'm really excited to be sharing this journey with so many of you, and I look forward to seeing all of you next week. I'll see you next time.